Good morning, everyone. If I could ask you to start drawing your conversations to a close, we're just about to get started. Good morning, everyone, and you're so welcome to be with us this morning. Uh, it's so good to be able to come together to worship our God, to encourage one another, and to have fellowship with one another. Let's make the most of this opportunity that we have. This is your first time with us. You are so welcome. We hope that you uh, enjoy your time with us. And uh, again, you are so welcome. Hopefully, if you are new with us, you would have received a welcome pack on the way in. If not, it's, no, it's not too late. You can collect one either during the meeting or afterwards from our welcome table that's over there. Parents and children, you will be having the sauce this week. And the lovely Christine will remember to release you and send you down there uh, at, at an appropriate time. And Jules is going to be singing with some actions, I believe, at the third song. So... If that's you and you're a younger person, or even if you're slightly older and fancy doing some, si some signs and language, then come down the front. We'd all love to see you worship God. Um, parents, if your child is in zero up to school year six, please would you go downstairs with your child and make sure that they register in. That would be so helpful for the, for the leaders and it would be so helpful for us as well. So today is another significant day for us. We had an amazing weekend last week, but that's kind of last week's blessings. This week, it's new week, new blessings from God. So where are we going this morning? Well, Christine and her band are going to be leading us into worship in a minute. And then Andrew will be speaking, and we will share communion together. And we'll be praying for Andrew, who starts his sabbatical tomorrow, and also praying for the other elders and praying for Nathan especially, who'll be carrying a few extra things during Andrew's absence. That's where we're going, but not necessarily in that order. We're very much open to the fact that God is here this morning. And uh, we've already prayed this morning, and we can continue to pray that God would come and do what he wants to do this morning. We may have had it planned, but God has, may have different plans. So, if you feel that uh, God is prompting you with a, a word of uh, knowledge or a Bible verse or a prayer or something, please come and check it out with uh, Rob or myself. And we're fi fitted into the meeting so we can all be encouraged. And uh, yeah, I think that's probably where I'm going to stop for now. I've got a few bits more, but we can do that later. So for now, I'm going to hand over to Christine. Thanks, Karen. So if you're able... Would you like to stand, please? Uh, before we start singing, I want to pray. Let's just take a moment to be quiet. Lord, you know where we've come from this morning. You know the pattern of our lives. You understand and you care. Help us to give you our burdens and to give you our praise and our worship this morning, because you deserve it. You deserve all our praise and all our worship. Help us to be wholehearted this morning, to praise and worship you. Amen.
melting sun, his love endures forever. By the grace of God, we will carry on, his love endures forever. Sing praise, sing praise, sing praise, sing praise. Forever God is faithful, forever God is strong, forever God is with us, forever. Forever God is faithful, forever God is strong, forever God is with us, forever, His grace as our burdens grow greater. He sends us more strength as our labors increase. To added afflictions, He offers more mercy. To multiply trials, He multiplies peace. When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed and the day is half done, when we reach the end of our earthly resources, our Father's forgiving is only begun. Our Father's forgiving is only begun. So lean hard, lean hard, lean on the
to you I just wanted to thank the church for standing in prayer with us over Sophie our 19 year old granddaughter and asked you to continue to pray I think it was probably about two months ago I actually testified about praying for our children and that God must get so weary with the same prayer now I didn't realize then when I said that what was going to happen in our family. Sophie is 19, and at Christmas she had a virus, and we thought it was flu. And the next few weeks, up until a couple of weeks ago, she, she, she wasn't very well at times, although she was continuing to go to work. And then um, two weeks ago, she came to the GP to practice where I work, and had a blood test and that night Basingstoke Hospital called to say that she needed to go into hospital and immediately she went into intensive care and the we must I must say for the haematologist at Basingstoke that he that she picked up this very rare condition which is called HLH it is so rare there are only particular centers in the country that know how to deal with it it's when somebody has a virus, and that virus can be glandular fever, which we realize now she had glandular fever. The whole immune system then starts to attack the main organs. So her spleen, her kidneys, her liver, all the main vital organs were being attacked. And so um, she went into intensive care at Basingstoke, and then a week ago last Tuesday, she was transferred to Southampton to the teenage and adult, uh, teenage and young adult cancer ward. Now she hasn't got cancer, but the only way that they can treat it is by chemotherapy. So a week ago last Saturday, the immediate family, we were all called to say goodbye to Sophie. I think it was the hardest day. It was just horrendous. 
but her parents, Linda and Simon, Linda has been amazing. When the three consultants brought her into the room, they said that on intensive care, even with all the people on ventilators, Sophie was the sickest person and they didn't feel that she would make it, that they would try, start trying chemotherapy. And Linda said to them, we can't thank you enough for all that you're doing, but we believe in the power of Jesus. We believe that Jesus can heal, and that's what we're praying. And um, we've, you know, we've got all these teenage grandchildren, and on that night at the hospital, all of them were gathered round us. We had our arms round one another, and we prayed. The next time I went in to see Sophie, she was so ill, but she had worship songs on, and we were able to pray with her. We were able to read scripture to her. And somebody sent a little jar, a tiny little jar with a mustard seed in it. And she won't let it go out of her sight. It's so little. I lost it three times in my pocket, taking it down there. But, um, and on Friday, her glandular fever markers were 700,000 on the Thursday. And on Friday, they were 3,000. And it's just incredible. And we are looking to God, to what he's going to do. It's not about the healing of Sophie, of course it is. But it's about what Jesus is going to do. How he's going to touch our family's lives and bring them back to Jesus. My next door neighbour, but one said, I see a picture of Sophie stood on a platform telling people what Jesus has done. And yesterday, she said to her sister who goes to Winchester Family Church, to the youth group, May I go to your youth group when I'm better and tell them what Jesus has done for me? So can you continue to pray, please? Can you continue to uphold in prayer? It's a battle. It's a spiritual battle. But we value your prayer. We wouldn't have got through without God and without prayer. So I just want to say thank you so much. told you plans were going to change slightly children if you'd like to go to the source now that would be amazing we pray that you have an amazing time with your team and with your friends down there and leaders we pray that you will be blessed thank you
song we were singing earlier, uh, Lean on the Everlasting Arms of God, it says, your mercy flows like a river. Uh, and I, t- I tend to be quite visual. And I, and I was sitting there thinking, well, if mercy flows like a river, what does that actually mean? Because very often, when you're looking at a river, you're standing there just watching it. And then I remembered what my dog does when she sees a river. Um, particularly the Lavent stream, she jumps in. She runs to it, she jumps in, she sticks her head in, she flicks it around, she comes out completely soaked. And because of her fur, that soaking stays with her. It stays for longer than you'd think. So she doesn't just shake it off, it stays with her. And that's what God's mercy is like. I just had a real sense that it'd be a good point to pause and uh, just look to our God for our needs. God says, bring even the smallest thing. We can bring big things like Sophie, and that was a a fantastic testimony. We need to keep on praying for her. But also we can bring the smaller things as well. And I, I bet everybody here has at least one need maybe a little one, many people, big, big needs. And I think it's just good to pause while faith is rising in our hearts as the Holy Spirit is moving and remember that God is a miracle worker. God is for us and not against us. And so I just wanted to give people a few moments, just maybe something's coming straight into your heart. It's a person that you've been praying for. Maybe they're ill. Maybe they need to be saved. Maybe they're just on your heart because you're stirred to pray for them. Maybe it's a situation you're in. But I I just think it's good if we speak these things out. And so I'm going to encourage you now just to speak out. And let's bring up the volume so that actually, you know, we're speaking out verbally. These things on our hearts, these people on our hearts to God, that he would break out in their lives and heal and transform and save for each one of us. So let's just do that and then I'm going to pray. But let's uh, start raising our voices with those we're praying for. Lord, I just pray, would you have mercy upon us? You are a merciful God. You are a loving God. You are full of grace. And Lord, we just cry out to you. We pray for your spirit to move mightily in our lives and in the lives of those that we love, those we know, our neighbors, our friends, our work colleagues. Lord, we cry out to you. Would you have mercy upon us? And upon those people we have named, those situations we've named, Lord, would you move in power? Would we know and see you today as the miracle-working God, our God, our Father, Lord of all. We just delight in you. We praise you and glorify your name and say, come, Lord Jesus, have your way amongst us, I pray. Amen.
God, we look to you. We won't be overwhelmed. Give us vision to see things like you do. You're where our help comes from. Give us wisdom, Lord.
Let's just stay standing for a moment. I, when we were praying just before this meeting, I was reminded of the story where Jesus goes out and calls the first disciples, and they've been fishing all night. I say, we've caught nothing. He says, throw your nets over the other side. They throw them out, and they catch so many fish, it fills two boats. And I looked up just this morning, I was like, I'm just interested to know, how much was that worth? And it said in the, the website I looked at, it said roughly 15 to 20 years wages for each fisherman in that moment. And I feel like, I don't know exactly what Andrew's going to share in a moment, but I feel like as we talk about rest and in what we've shared and has been brought this morning, I feel like God wants to speak to us and say, will you trust me? Will you trust me? We've caught nothing all night. Will you trust me? Will you trust me for one fish? Or will you trust me for a multitude as well? Father, I pray that what you've stirred in our hearts already this morning, you would carry on stirring. Faith and trust in you. That, Lord, we would see you providing all that we need in each situation and in the lives that we've been praying about already this morning. Our great provider, our way maker, we look to you this morning and we say, God, would you break through in amazing ways in our lives. As we trust you, as we rest in you, as we say, God, you're the only one who can do it, we pray, Lord God, keep our eyes fixed on you and make your name glorified in our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank, thank you, Nathan. Do you want me to go to handheld? Okay, well onto a different mic already. Managed to break one already. That's pretty good going. Um, oh, hang on. I've got another handheld coming. Um, Hello. Yes, we are. Right. Okay. We're there. Can I just encourage us to pause a moment? I feel there was such a sense of God ministering to us this morning. And I think he wants to encourage us to continue to receive from him. And sometimes he sort of issues with microphones can come a distraction and I just want to encourage us just to pause even that word which Nathan brought about trusting him I feel like there's today's going to be a day where some of us take massive steps forward in trusting God and taking a risk and you may say oh I don't like risks well use the faith word because that really is what risk is about it's taking hold of our faith and trusting God and putting our faith into practice. 
And I feel like the Spirit of God is just with us and wanting to stir that in us uh, this morning and, uh, and to help us to respond. Um, I want to suggest something this morning. I've never done this before. It's not in my notes. I just felt it as, as we were in the worship. Can I encourage you, if you have a mobile phone on you, and you may normally use it for taking notes, or you may play Sudoku, whichever, or something else. Can I encourage you this morning, so we're not distracted, why don't you put your phone under your chair even now? Because you know what, I don't know about you, but I get so tempted, you know, there's a, you, you feel your phone vibrate, and you think, oh, I wonder what that message is. It may be really, really important. Yeah, maybe, but it's probably an advert for something or other such thing. And I feel like God wants us to throw away distractions this morning so that we can focus on him and we can enjoy encountering him this morning. You don't have to do it, but I've seen lots of people have. Thank you for doing that. I hope you had a great weekend. We, wasn't it fantastic last week? Celebrating five people getting baptized here. And just delighting in hearing their amazing testimonies of God's goodness. And then this morning having Eva share about Sophie and heart-wrenching, and yet at the same time, you know, they got to that point of 12 hours, and God's brought her back from that. And she's making good progress, still a long, long way to go. And uh, Jesus loves to change lives. He loves to meet with us. He loves to transform us. He loves to pour his mercy on our lives. Sean encouraging us to bathe in that river of mercy. And, you know, I was thinking exactly the same. Um, even before she shared it, I was thinking, yeah, it's like getting in, the, getting in a, a pool or of God's mercy, just immersing yourself in his mercy. Say, yeah, I can trust you completely. Lord, I choose to trust you completely. And therefore, I can surrender all that other stuff, all that the world would try to lure us into, to encourage us to do and to be fixated on and all that sort of stuff. Now I can surrender all that stuff. I can put my phone away. I can just fix my eyes on you, Jesus, knowing that you are perfect in all your ways. Help us, Lord, we ask. Help us this morning to do just that, I ask, Father. Help us to fix our eyes fresh on you, to revel in your love and your mercy as we can, uh, explore your word over the next 20 minutes and celebrate communion together. Encounter us and keep on encountering us, we ask. We love you, Lord. We worship you. We surrender ourselves to your mercy. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, amen. Amen. Well, um, as uh, Karen uh, mentioned, tomorrow uh, for me starts uh, the beginning of a very weird period of life. I'm not quite sure how I feel about it, if I'm honest. Um, but I'm starting a sabbatical for three months. Now, I've never had a three-month sabbatical. In fact, I've only ever had one sabbatical. It was five weeks, and it happened when Kit, our now 21-year-old son, who's six foot five, doing a master's degree in Farnham, learned to walk. So it was quite a few years ago. And um, as part of my sabbatical and preparation for my sabbatical, I've, I've been just doing some thinking around the whole thing of rest. People have said, what are you going to do during your sabbatical? I said, I'm not. They said, well, Andrew, you're the sort of person who's got a, always got a plan. What's your plan? 
I said, my only plan is to approach life in a restful way, which means I'm not, I've not got any agenda. I've not got any list. I've not got a uh, week one, I'm going to do this. Week two, I'm going to do that. Week five, I'm going to do this. The only thing actually which I've really got planned is uh, uh, 10 days away with Emma in Italy. Uh, you have to plan that sort of stuff. And I'm going with to a conference that Emma's going to for her work. Uh, and we're going to the most salubrious of places in the country, that place, that wonderful place called Daventry. <laughs> if any of you are from that part of the world, my apologies. I used to work up there. Good on you. And uh, I, I remember what Daventry used to be like. I think the hotel's probably very nice, but uh, um, I'm not sure I'm going to be spending very much time actually in Daventry itself. And, uh, uh, and that's the only plan I've got. And um, my sort of preparation and thinking has got me just thinking about the whole thing of rest. And I just want to share a little bit about rest because, okay, I'm having a three-month sabbatical and that's, a, that's a, a rare thing. But the Bible has a lot to say about rest and what I would call the rhythm of rest and having a rhythm of rest in our lives. And so I'd like to share about that. Uh, can I just put my hand up and say I find this subject immensely challenging? I think that's probably why I'm going <laughs> to find a sabbatical very challenging too because I'm not particularly well known for resting and uh, I'm fairly focused as an individual. And so even as I've been uh, doing my prep on this subject and looking at it, I've been thinking, oh God, help me. I don't want to uh, present as somebody who understands this but I do want to present what I understand the Bible says about it and say, hey, let's all try and learn a bit more about enjoying God's rest together. So um, let's get into it a bit. So the word rest or Sabbath, where does that come from? Well, it's a Hebrew word, uh, Shabbat. Uh, it literally means to cease, to stop, to desist. And... Uh, I think that's, a, that's an interesting one in, uh, right to begin with because culturally we tend to think if you think about having a Sabbath or Sunday, uh, for many of us it can be a really, really busy day. And, uh, uh, and, and, and how do we make that fit with everything else? That, you know, if, if it's, is, is, it, is it Sabbath a day off? Is it a day off? I don't know. Is, it, is, it, is your Sabbath a day off? Do you cease? Do you rest? Uh, let's try and understand a bit more about what the scriptures have to tell us about. So where do we start? Well, I guess we start in Genesis. It's always a good place to start. Uh, where we're told that God rested. He's Shabbat. Um, having finished the creation of the world. After those six days of creation. Now, um, I'm going to use a very long word here. And I think I know what it means. Um, but the language here used is what's called anthropomorphic. Whew, managed to get that one out. I'm even, even surprised I can pronounce it. And... What it, what it means is it's describing God using human traits. So when it talks about God resting, it doesn't mean that God was literally tired out by creating the world. But what it means is that God was wanting to demonstrate something to us about the importance of rest. And he was demonstrating a pattern for mankind, even in the creation of the world. And so the origins of this word... This, this word to rest, to resist, to cease are divine. They're uh, still reflected, I guess, in the world today in many ways where people have a day or even two or even three days off. It's uh, in a week. And, uh, you know, of course, the word holiday comes from holy day. That's where we get the word holiday from. And again, that links back to Sabbath. And then 
If we move forward in the, uh, the old, uh, in the Old Testament, we come to Exodus chapter 20. I think this is going to come up on the screen, where one of the commands is this. One of the commandments is this: Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. How are we doing on that? Let that sink in as a question for a moment. How are we doing with remembering the Sabbath day by keeping it holy? What's it mean to us? You know, sometimes we can read bits in the Bible which are a bit uncomfortable, aren't they? And you may be reading that thinking, hmm, I feel a bit uncomfortable about this. I too do. Let's, let's continue to explore and see um, more uh, of what the scriptures have to say. But Obviously, what we're seeing here is, is that there is a, a, a very clear sense from God of, uh, of this is a way to do life. This is important. And uh, actually, the following verse says, uh, uh, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh is a Sabbath, a, a rest day, a day where you cease to the Lord. And that gives us a clue. So it's not just actually where you stop, it's to the Lord. Let's remember that as well. And so literally a day where you cease normal activity and look to encounter or be with God, where we give ourselves to God, to enjoy him, to delight ourselves in him. And not just that it happens once every blue moon, but there's a rhythm of rest which helps keep our lives orientated around God. Because actually if we're giving one in seven days particularly to focus on God, the overflow of that will be that we actually, to a degree, Sabbath every day, that we enjoy the rest of God every day in our lives. We will come to the practical stuff. If you're sitting there thinking, yeah, but how? Don't worry, we will get there. If we move on a bit further in the Old Testament, we come to Leviticus, Leviticus 25, verse 2. And... Um, here we go. And uh, it says this, speak to the Israelites and say to them, when you enter the land I'm going to give you, the land itself must observe a Sabbath to the Lord. What's that mean? Well, uh, I was going to ask Anthony because he's a farmer. But unfortunately, well, I say unfortunately, delightfully for them, they had the wedding of their daughter yesterday and they're not here today. Graham, do you, um, I, I know you're mainly animals in your farm. Uh, I can't remember the right term for that. But do you rest your fields at all? No. <laughs> ah! <laughs> they say never try and work with animals and children and, and farmers. Sorry. Yeah, okay, so you may not have heard that, but he says, I understand the concept. When you're growing crops, which Graham doesn't do particularly, I think, uh, it it does the fields good to rest them. And, you know, that's absolutely true. And uh, you can, you, if, if I was talking to Anthony, I'm sure he's got hundreds of acres of land which he rests every however many years. It may not be one every seven years. It may be different. But actually that principle seems to even apply to the physical world, not just to mankind. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? And in fact, in the Old Testament, it talked about one in seven years, yes, resting the, the land, letting the land rest to cease farming it. 
And then one in every 49 years, so seven times seven, it never actually happened as far as we know. We were talking about debts being cancelled, slaves were to be freed, uh, all of this big reminder for God's people that they've been redeemed out of slavery under Pharaoh in Egypt. A year of what was called Jubilee. And of course, I don't know about you, but have you ever thought, if you were to not farm one year in seven, what are you going to eat? Where are you going to find your provision? And I think sometimes we have to recognize that we can be driven to feel we've got to make God uh, come through with everything we need by we've got to be a bit harder working, we've got to be a bit more diligent, we've got to do this, we've got to do that, we've got to do the other. But actually Sabbath seems to suggest that we pause and we trust. We cease and we trust. So somewhere one imagines the farmers were, uh, 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 of course there's an agricultural economy we're talking about then, people would trust that the other six years of the harvest would give them sufficient that they could rest the land in the seventh. And then, of course, you've got to live off that through until the harvest comes in the eighth year. That's a lot of trust. And I wonder whether sometimes in the busyness of our lives, and let's face it, we live in a world which is incredibly busy and demanding and constantly bashing down the doors of our lives, trying to take us on to more and more and more. And we live in a world where we, people want to accumulate more and have more and know more. And the word more seems to crop up a lot. Can we pause and stop? Can we cease? Can we trust that God will provide? on that time where we stop and rest. Of course, um, Sabbath doesn't have to be a Sunday, by the way. I should have said that earlier. A Sabbath really is a 24-hour window of the period where we stop and give ourselves to God, particularly. You know, the whole trust thing, you know, if we can trust God by resting, it breaks things like our self-sufficiency. causes us to grow in faith. Maybe the Father's speaking to some of us today about doing that. So, so far, it seems that rest is, or Sabbath, is about refreshing and replenishing. It's also about uh, reminding us of God's redemption plan for us. Uh, it's helping us to redress the debts which may have been built up, the, the Jubilee year and things like that. Um, and it's also a place where we can stop and focus on God's grace. And we can revel in his mercy. We can swim in his river of mercy. We can splash around and enjoy and delight ourselves in God. I hope that's what part of what we do on a Sunday when we gather is we're here not just because we do church. We don't do church. We are church. We are the people of God. That's what church means. But much more than that, we're here because we want to encounter God. And we want to be encouraged and to encourage others to know him and to delight in him and to revel 
in his grace and to delight ourselves in his mercy, to enjoy our redemption, to celebrate his goodness and his love and to support and encourage each other to do that too. Now, you may be saying in your heart, Andrew, you've missed the point. That's all Old Testament, and Old Testament got swept away by the new covenant. And you have a point. You may want to make that point. So why don't we see what the New Testament has to say? Let's see what Jesus perhaps had to say about Sabbath. And uh, uh, hopefully we've got a passage here uh, coming up. Mark chapter 2, verse 27. This is Jesus. Uh, uh, the, the context is that um, the Pharisees want Jesus to tell off his disciples because they worked, working quotes by picking some ears of corn as they walked through some fields. And Jesus said this to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man, uh, so, sorry, yeah, Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. What was he getting at there? Well, ultimately it's this. It's if we are going to be controlled by something, we're no longer under the lordship of Christ. And he's saying, no, 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 come under the lordship of Christ. He's not saying do away with the Sabbath, but just get the right perspective here. It's not about some legalistic performance that you've got to do all these things or mustn't do all these things on the Sabbath. The Sabbath is about, it's there to serve man. It's there to help man. Well, the question, of course, is what? Well, I would suggest to you, to encounter God, to be refreshed in God, to know the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, to, uh, and also for our physical frame to rest and to recover, to enjoy those things which God has given us, friends, family, friendship, fun. Sabbath isn't about some sort of day where we uh, oh, well, uh, I'm, yeah. a good friend of mine, I got actually saved through him later on in life. When we were at school together, age seven, uh, my parents used to tell me, oh, you can't phone David to play on a Sunday. His parents are religious and they don't allow play on a Sunday. That may even ring some bells for some of us in the room. And yeah, I, I wasn't a Christian. I didn't really understand that whatsoever. It seemed a completely weird concept to me, albeit you know, society in those days, you didn't have shopping on Sundays, and so it did affirm that to a degree. Um, no, Sabbath is there to rest in God, to remind ourselves to trust God, therefore to have fellowship with each other, to, to feast together, to support one another, to encourage one another, to refresh ourselves in God. I mean, Jesus regularly went away to talk to his father, to spend time with his father, didn't he? We regularly see that. Interesting, often in the accounts in the Gospels, when Jesus has done that, something major happens afterwards. Just saying. wonder whether there's a link there. Spends time with his father and then, wow, bam, there's a miracle. 5,000 are fed or whatever it may well be, depending on which account you're reading. The Sabbath was made for man. It's there to serve us, to know and enjoy God. Not to tie us up in rules. But see also here, Jesus fulfills the Sabbath, therefore. As Jesus is our redemption, as he fulfills the Old Testament law, he fulfills the law around Sabbath. 
It does mean that the principle is good and right and we want to do it. But we don't have to be tied up in a legalism to it. And God give us grace that we can, we can cease, we can stop, we can rest. Help us to see how to do that, Lord. Without becoming legalistic. Now, if you are, if you know your Bible well, you may be thinking, well, there's a bit, isn't there, in Hebrews, maybe Hebrews 4, about rest and entering the rest of God. Now, it's an unusual passage, and you may want to go away and read it. It's very clearly talking about an eternal rest, but it's also talking about a rest now. I want to encourage us, therefore, to think, how can we enter, how can we enjoy God's rest we we do it because we're in christ and i would suggest to you that actually the fundamental thing where it all changes is where we started our preaching series back in january looking at the whole thing of identity because if we know we're loved of god then we don't need to perform for god i'll say that again if we know we're loved by god we don't need to perform to please God, to justify ourselves. And so I want to encourage us, when we think about, well, how do we rest? Where do we start with rest? I think we've got to start by uh, saying, well, where do I find my identity? Where do I find my sense of significance? Where do I find my sense of security or my purpose? Has Jesus truly become my rest? Has he fulfilled this for me? Has he brought me into that place of rest, which therefore shapes my life and frees me to enjoy the rest of God? To know that I can't do anything more to please God. I can't do anything at all to please God. I can't do anything to, uh, to, to make myself better before God. This is all a gift. It's part of what Jesus has done on the cross for us. As he's fulfilled the law, as he's conquered the law, as he's conquered sin and death, he's made a way that we can enjoy the rest of God. And that rest is available today as well as in the future where we come to end up in glory with him knowing the eternal rest of God. That is that delight in God, that enjoyment of God, that wholeness, that restoration, everything, enjoying God's delight. So let's try and ground this out. Let's, let's try and, uh, you can remove the passage, thank you, Sandy. Um, let's try and ground this down to some things. I would like to suggest us the following. Sabbath creates opportunities. If we understand what it means to cease, to stop, to rest, it creates space for wonder. That's the first thing. As we sabbat, as we rest, as we cease, as we pause to gaze on God, even as we have this morning, and that's why gathering together can be so important as part of our Sabbath. As we do that, let's let that gift of wonder, of awe, of, wow, God, aren't you good? As we stop, we create space to gaze afresh on him to delight ourselves, to, 
put down those things which worry us and have consumed our week. How do you go, I just, oh, I just want to gaze on you. You're so good. You're so great. You're so loving. Your grace and mercy, wow, amazing. Well, we can do that in all sorts of ways. We don't have to just do it when we're gathered together. Get out into the country. You know, part of my sabbatical is going to be paddle boarding the seven. I said I had no plans. It isn't a fixed plan, but hopefully if the weather's good enough and I get the opportunity, I'm going to take my paddleboard over to the seven, starting in the Welsh hills, which is sort of where you can't do the first 20 odd miles because it's too shallow, and paddle boarding down to um, Bristol and out into the seven estuary. And what am I going to be doing there? I'm going to be enjoying God's creation and experiencing a little part of this beautiful world which we live in and being able to go, oh God, aren't you good? Aren't you? Isn't this precious? Isn't this special? But hey, we live in Hampshire. We get to do that every day. Let's enjoy the goodness and grace and mercy of God. Let's enjoy it with what we see. Go for walks. But also let's see it in people. Part of my Sabbath is going to be catching up with people. Not because I've got to see people, no. Because I want to catch up with old friends. Emma and I are going to, uh, two Sundays time, to see a, a dear friend of ours put into leadership of a church down in the New Forest. And just celebrate with them and enjoy. And you know, that sort of stuff we often can't do in normal life for us. Because of my work. And... Uh, so, yeah, let's enjoy the beauty of God in his creation. And that means in others, in animals, in the physical environment, in all sorts of different ways. Sabbath also creates great opportunity for 